Welcome, everyone. You are tuning into the Rise Station podcast. I am your host, Pranella Harris, licensed mental health provider. Here we discuss mental health and wellness tips. So if that's your thing, guess what? You're in the right place. So stick around. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. Do me a favor and go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you get alerts every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time when I upload a new episode. Please share this podcast to your friends, your family, so that they can grow and thrive with you. There is nothing better than a friend or loved one who wants you to succeed and win in life. So today we are talking about love versus fear. I'm going to challenge you all to think about these two emotions differently so that you change the way you experience life. Before we get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. Okay, Rise Tribe. Listen, according to Dr. David Hawkins, and you can Google him, in his book, Power Versus Force, he details how we evolve our consciousness. And the cool thing about Dr. Hawkins' research is he created a scale that measures the energy output of our thoughts. He put them in a hierarchy. So you can Google Hawkins consciousness scale, right? And so at the very top of the consciousness scale, right, is enlightenment. And that the energy output of enlightenment, what it means to reach a period of enlightenment. And this is very, very hard to do in one's lifetime. Those who have been able to do it are people like Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Now, enlightenment, according to Hawkins scale, is the energy output of between 700 and 1000, right? And so that's at the very top. And you can see just even thinking about these individuals brings you higher on your consciousness scale. Below that, in the 500 to 540 range is love and unconditional love. That is giving, loving without any expectation of your love being returned. And below that at 100 is fear. And even lower than that at 30, which is the lowest on the scale is shame. Okay, so think about those numbers. I find this stuff fascinating because how many of us hold on to shame? Now, according to Hawkins, that is the very lowest emotion that one can feel is where we think that we are flawed, inherently bad, undeserving of love, dignity, respect. 
we feel shame because of the experiences that we've had in our lives. Maybe there was someone that we held to high esteem that told us we were not worthy, that made us feel unworthy. And also even think about how we parent our children. If you have children by making them feel, you know, shame when they mess up or when they make a mistake, calling them names, blaming them for things that are not in their control. You know, it's your fault that your mother and I are arguing. It's your fault that your dad is mad at me. So these things are really abusive ways and these things impact our mental and emotional well-being. I find it fascinating how it all connects. You know, when we look at the state of our society, most of us are operating in those lower consciousness levels, right? Of fear and anger, shame, you know? I believe we're all put here to increase our consciousness and to evolve, But what usually hinders us and keeps us in the lower realms of consciousness is trauma. Trauma, simply put, is an experience that caused us extreme fear. There's that fear again, right? And if we've experienced something that caused us extreme fear, we try to avoid re-experiencing this. Some of us even bury that trauma subconsciously. And we're just unaware of how that trauma impacts our behaviors, how that trauma impacts our thoughts, how that trauma keeps us operating on those lower consciousness levels that Hawkins identified. You know, our toxic ways were ways of behaving that we adapted to survive. You hear that? That's that fear-based word, survival. I'm going to learn about that. But just to survive the environment that we were in. So we end up engaging now with others in these toxic ways, these unhealed ways, which creates a ripple effect of hurt people, hurt people. The goal in this lifetime is to become aware of our injuries and begin to heal. And we do this through love. When we begin to love ourselves, we show compassion, forgiveness, kindness, respect, respect for ourselves, respect for others. And this is how we raise our vibration. This is how we open up our consciousness. All right. So in my research, I was just researching, you know, how love and fear are connected. And did you know that when we're afraid, our heart rate increases, our focus narrows, our eyes dilate, We become flush, we begin to sweat, and it's the same response that we have if we're attracted to someone. So the only difference is the interpretation, is the thought, is the consciousness behind that, that separates fear and love, all right? But the relationship between love and fear is complex, but for this episode, we're going to focus on the evolutionary process of moving from fear to the higher consciousness level of love, right? Fear is an important motivating emotion and remains useful in our survival. Think of fear as protecting us. Think of fear as really making sure that we 
evolve, that we stick around, you know, it's through fear, those primitive responses that we're able to act in ways that continue our species to continue to have us thrive and do better. But the same way with protection, protection is great when you're keeping harmful things out. However, it is also containing. So when we want to thrive, when we want to be free, right? Fear isn't the best emotion to motivate that. Love is. Love is the motivating emotion when we want to live a life of abundance, live a life of success, get out of our comfort zone, right? It helps us to create, to be open enough to be creative. It's also very freeing, all right? So let's dig into fear a little bit more. You know, fear is powerful and can impact our daily functioning. You know, if you don't believe me, When you're trying to get to know someone, ask them what their biggest fear is. It is going to tell you so much about that person because so much of our lives are to avoid the things that we fear, right? So this is going to tell you so much. So if you ask someone, you know, what their biggest fear is and they say something like, I fear failure, right from that statement, you can almost predict that this person is either an overachiever, procrastinator, or someone who is a perfectionist, right? Because all of those different archetypes have that very driving force of fearing failure, right? What if they say something like, I fear being alone, That might tell you that this person is codependent, maybe a people pleaser because they fear abandonment, rejection. And so they often go to extremes to keep people in their lives. So if that's the driving force, then that's how they're going to experience life. And they're going to have a lot of relationships that are one sided because they want to make it very comfortable for people to stay in their lives. If someone says, I fear being ordinary, well, That's a telltale sign that they could be overly competitive, self-absorbed, narcissistic, because they need to be better. So they experience the life as competition. Like better means that there is some type of competition. One is, you know, beneath me. Another one is above me. So I have to be the best. I have to always be competing because they fear being average. And so that's the driving force. And they always have something to prove, right? So these are just examples of the fear-based living, right? You know, and none of that sounds very helpful or healthy. None of the fear-based living seems like an easy way to live or a peaceful way to live. Um, It seems like there's anxiety driving every aspect of your life when you're in this fear-based thinking, when the fear has taken over you. Let's dig a little bit into love, right? Because love is also a very powerful emotion that impacts our daily lives. Now, according to Hawkins, love is rated a higher consciousness than fear. And because love is more evolved and at a higher consciousness, it is thought to be more powerful than fear. Now, this has been argued back and forth in various journals because fear is primitive and instinctual and is responsible for our survival 
and love is more of a higher consciousness. So I don't believe that one is better. I think we need both. I don't think believe that one is better than the other. I think both are very valuable in different situations, right? But both emotions, they motivate behaviors. When you love something, you are inspired to take action versus fear when you're coerced or forced to take action, right? When you operate from a place of love, love promotes positive emotions such as just joy, happiness, peace, and acceptance. Love also helps move toward something we want, whereas fear causes us to move away from what we don't want. All right. Think of fear as temporary and love as sustainable. When you're motivated by fear, you comply with behaviors in order to avoid a consequence, right? You behave well in school because you fear having your electronics taken away if you're an adolescent. You don't cheat on your girlfriend because you fear she may leave you. You don't speed on a highway because you fear getting a ticket, right? So those are all compliance based. Like I'm just going to comply because I want to avoid a consequence. But when you're motivated by love, it is an intrinsic motivator that leads you to something lasting and sustainable, right? Because you're inspired. You love yourself. So you want to sustain healthy relationships. You want to share this with other people. You put more effort in at work because you love what you do. You believe in the mission of the company. So you go above and beyond. You love your spouse. So you want to make them happy and you respect and honor them and protect your relationship by not being tempted to act in ways that would deteriorate that relationship. Practicing self-love allows you to honor and respect yourself and uphold your standards for yourself and for your body. So you're not going to engage in risky behaviors like promiscuity or eating unhealthy foods and not exercising. And you protect your energy and you set healthy boundaries because you love yourself. Right. So there are ways to transform fear and move toward love, right? So that's what I want to go over with you guys today. There are five tips that I have in which you can move from fear-based living to inviting more love into your life, experiencing the world through the lens of love rather than fear-based only wanting to comply, only doing things to avoid a consequence, but really thriving, really living rather than just surviving life. Okay. So here's five tips on how we can move from fear to love, right? One, I want you to start each day with self-love, pour into your cup, create a prayer routine, a morning meditation time, yoga practice, affirmation, Listen to a motivational podcast or message of some sort, but really start your day with self-love, right? It's going to be like your cloak to get through the rest of the day. Number two, be a compassionate listener. Many times 
We are very egocentric when we're listening. So we're listening to see if others agree with us. And if we don't, we stop listening and we try to convert them over to our way of thinking. But when you're a compassionate listener, you are listening with the intent to understand the other person and be compassionate and demonstrate empathy and love through the experience of just listening and trying to hear it from their point of view, rather than judging and criticizing them. Okay, so be a compassionate listener. Number three is be vulnerable. Be vulnerable, be open and trusting with others that you love. Share your thoughts, your emotions, passions, dreams. A lot of times we are guarded against opening up and being vulnerable, and that's based out of fear. Fear because we have been through situations where people got close to us and harmed us. So we're afraid of reliving that. So we guard ourselves. It is healthy to be selective with who you share your emotions and thoughts and dreams with. But for those people who are trustworthy, being open, being vulnerable, because it allows them to get to know you much better rather than you having a bunch of superficial relationships by you being vulnerable, you're opening up to really set some roots down and enjoy a relationship with other people. Number four, practice radical acceptance. Some people may not return the love, care, kindness that you give, except that they are where they are on their healing journey. Don't take it personal set up your boundaries. You know, people are at very different stages and you don't want to try to change them. Just change how you're affected by them. And that is how we practice radical acceptance is that person is who they are. Um, I'm not, you know, going to change them. It is what it is. And just you respond accordingly to make sure that you change how you're affected by them, but always making sure that you have healthy boundaries. And number five is be empathetic. Try to see the world through the eyes of the other person. A lot of times when someone gives us information, we immediately want to talk about how we would handle the problem. We immediately start judging them about why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? But really sitting with that person, holding space for that person to explore their experience from their experience, trying to align consciousness with someone else, not look at it from your viewpoint, which is your level of consciousness, but viewing the world as they view the world is definitely going to help you align and connect with them on a deeper level when you can be empathetic with someone. So I just want to drop this. And as I wrap up this message, some people believe in fear-based thinking is, you know, the way to go. Some people believe that it's better to be feared than love. Some people believe that, you know, fear-based living is what they need to do to stay motivated. And those individuals are, you know, at a place on their consciousness, not ready to fully thrive and live a life of peace and raise their consciousness, right? 
So for the people who stated or think that it's better to be feared than loved, you know, those individuals operate because they, they like power and control, right? And so that is the antithesis of love, right? Power and control. And it goes back to complying versus being inspired, right? Because when you comply, you're complying because you're coerced, you're you're operating from a fear-based level of consciousness. However, when the thing that is controlling you is no longer present, you're no longer motivated. If your driving force is externally motivated, externally coerced, then once that is gone, whether it be your parents, if you grew up with very strict parents and they said, hey, do this, 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 the moment you leave the house, all those life lessons that they made you comply with are not going to take shape when it's time to be in a college room dorm where you don't have someone telling you to clean your room or you're going to be on punishment or clean your room or you're, you know, going to, you know, face this consequence, whatever that fear is, right? It has to be internal, right? It has to be a part of your intrinsic motivation. Now, what that looks like, let's go back to the college student. If you use taking care of your space as a way to show self-love for yourself and um, self-respect. And this is a way that you can organize your environment and it helps your energy. Then those lessons are going to go with them because now it's a part of their character and they've been given these lessons through love and compassion. So people, when you are operating out of love, you go above and beyond and you want to move closer to that, right? Because it's intrinsic, it is inspiring. Think about your relationships, right? Many of us operate from fear-based thinking when it comes to relationships rather than from a place of love, right? We want to control the people in our lives. We want to control our children, control our family members, control our partners, control our friends. However, when we operate from a place of love, we empower those around us to honor themselves, to love themselves. We inspire them through love and they want to draw closer to us. They also share more love with others they come in contact with, right? So listen, when you know better, you do better. That's all I have for you today, Rise Tribe. Tune in next week for another episode. Remember, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.